and welcome to the rewrap for Wednesday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on Newstalk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. And this morning, um, how has our COVID response uh, left us looking in the eyes of the world? Uh, speaking of the world, uh, how are they opening up uh, to all the respective bits of itself? And um, the Green Party MP who uh, almost gave everybody COVID by mistake, which was a bit stink given that it's part of her job to make sure nobody gets COVID. Uh, but, uh, oh, and it's our birthday. But before any of that, uh, tourism, uh, it looks like it might be back on. Uh, they're going to be held to account, the government, for this. I mean, what they've done and what has become very, very clear is that uh, they've crippled the economy and we're going to get the GDP numbers out tomorrow for Q4 of last year. They'll be reasonable numbers because there's a bounce back from a lockdown. But this year's ugly. It's ugly already. We know it's ugly. Cameron Bagri's already saying the second half of the year is going to be ugly. And Richard Preble writes superbly this morning. Basically, he backs up what Bob Jones is saying. Bob Jones, for the last couple of years, has said Labor's done for. Not only will they lose the election, they will be swept out of power in a major way. There is nothing worse for a government than an ugly economy. When you can't afford to fill your car, when the groceries have become too expensive and you don't know how to pay the power bill, governments pay the price for that. And that's what they've engineered in the economy. And you heard Andrew Kelleher earlier on this morning. You look at the services sector, 70% of the economy in this country, uh, hospitality at an 11. 50 and above is expansion. They're at an 11. When you cripple the economy to that extent, you pay the price. Yeah, man. It's been a long time since we've done the tourism thing. I hope we've, um, we haven't forgotten how to do it. Still got the neck. Might be a bit rusty. Um, oh, I'm sure it'll come back to us. But yeah, how is the old uh, the the reputation international wise going? You reckon? And here's the irony of us opening the borders or making the announcement of the opening of the borders today. Uh, we wasted too much time. Australia and New Zealand have wasted too much time because um, their hardline. This is out of Australia this morning, so they refer to Australia, but we're featured. Australia's hardline isolation policies have dragged down the country's international standing in the past year. This is the Brand Finances 2022 Global Soft Power Index. Soft power, basically, are you relevant? Does anybody care about you? Is anyone listening? It's knocked Australia, it's knocked New Zealand out of the top 10 and top 20, respectively. Uh, the result makes a total turnaround from the ranking in the pandemic's first year. And this is fundamentally where we've gone wrong, and Australia to a lesser degree. Uh, initial response, fantastic. The rest of it, we fell asleep, did nothing, and we're now going to pay the price. So Australia's gone from 13 to 10, uh, and New Zealand's gone from, well, at the time, it went from 13 to 10, and New Zealand was the fastest rising nation on the list. Closed the borders, the whole world went, wow, this is the way to go. But basically, those gains have been undone by the reluctance to open the border. So Australia's gone down to 13, New Zealand's gone down from 16th to 21st. New Zealanders were overtaken in the index by nations that rolled out vaccines faster, and reopened earlier. And less interaction globally, and this is the critical part, has led to an out-of-sight, out-of-mind perception, especially in terms of the great place to visit category. They ask, name me a great place to visit. Once upon a time, everyone said New Zealand, everyone said Australia. They don't say that anymore because they've forgotten us, and that's the work we've got to do now. Uh, Mike loves doing this. He loves making us feel stink by telling us what everybody else in the world's doing. Um, And uh, he didn't leave it there. Uh, he also wanted to remind us that, uh, you know, it's really easy to visit other places as well now, especially in the UK. So days we can only dream of, of course, the tourism, uh, the borders opening today, uh, April 12, the announcement made. The day will be April 12 for Australians. And of course, as far as we understand, visa waiver countries by the end of April. As for the rest of the world, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, the Transport Secretary in Britain overnight has said all the rules gone in terms of travelling coming into the country. You can be unvaccinated now going to Britain. No one cares. 
You just get on the plane, get off the plane and go and have a holiday. All the stuff you had to do, filling in your PCR test, all of that gone, done. Also this morning announced British Airways and Virgin Atlantic, uh, no more face masks on plane. You can wear one if you want, but they're no longer going to force you to do it. So slowly but surely, the world is returning to normal, thank God. Yeah, I mean, the trouble is uh, with visiting the UK is that once you get there, you're still in the UK, you know? We were talking to a guy this morning who's qualified for the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham, and he didn't sound like super stoked to be going. And I couldn't make up my mind whether it was because it's only the Commonwealth Games or it's only Birmingham. No offence, Birmingham, if you're listening. I'm sure you love it where you are. I'm sure it's, you, th- you think Birmingham's great. I'm just literally just using that as a, a funny, funny joke, just like people make fun of my hometown, Hamilton. You know, I understand that, that it's a fun. They, people can make funny, funny jokes, and you just roll with it because that's the kind of good-natured people we are, aren't we? The Hamiltonians and the Birmingham people. What are you if you come from Birmingham? A Birminghamite? A Birminghamtonian? I've really driven up a, a, a pronunciation cul-de-sac there, so while I back my way out of it, uh, here's a little word on uh, people who are in charge of the COVID response not following the COVID rules. Come on in, Elizabeth Kerry-Kerry. Genius. Uh, Green MP, never heard of her. And I follow politics as much as anybody. Anyway, it turns out she was the Green Party COVID spokesperson, uh, unfortunately living with a person who got COVID, and she decided, for reasons best known to herself, that she could jump on a plane at that particular point instead of isolating for these seven days like the rest of us, and perhaps something she should have known if she was the COVID spokesperson for the Green Party. So I have discussed my mistake with the Green Party caucus and our co-leaders and apologised to them. I have resigned my COVID-19 response portfolio with immediate effect. I will not hold the health portfolio or sit on the health select committee until further notice, which, of course, leads to a couple of questions. One is, what is it she's going to do? And two, um, is there a brain power issue in the general political landscape in this country? And can literally any fool end up being an MP? And three, are there some MPs who actually do help more by not being involved in things. I mean, I have certainly been a massive asset to heaps of things by refusing to take any part of them whatsoever because I just know that if, if I'd been involved, I would have said stuff like, yeah, but what about, and don't you think that? And uh, the problem there is, whereas, you know, sometimes you just need people who can, you know, actually make things happen um, and want to make things happen and want to be at the meetings. That's another important thing as well. Uh, we're going to finish up here uh, with some birthday wishes to us because it's our very, 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 very significant 35th birthday. By us, I mean this station, News Talk ZB. Just turns a happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us, News Talk ZB, 35 years old today. Came out of the 1ZB, 2ZB, etc. network, a group of stations owned by the state. A set of stations that was sort of an all-things-to-all-people kind of model. The realisation was that the radio market was changing. FM was here, licences were sold, a myriad of different operators were entering the field. Uh, there was choice everywhere, and as a result of that choice, being everything to everyone was never going to be a recipe to survive, far less succeed. So news talk it was. And what a stroke of genius it's turned out to be, eh? Uh, this country has had, still has as far as I know, the largest number of radio stations per head in the world. We're spoiled for choice. The market has changed, of course, over the years. Owners have come and gone. Small operators are few and far between these days, and the bulk of the operations now are owned by a couple of major players, one of which is NZME, which owns ZB. 
And I've worked for ZB when it was owned by the government as Radio New Zealand, when the commercial arm of that company was split, when the commercial arm was sold, when it was floated, when it got into a world of financial pain, when it flourished. I arrived at 4ZB, Dunedin from 4XO, a station no longer in existence. I was doing drive. Uh, We did some chat and some music and some calls, and in the first week they had a form they sent around. What did you want to achieve at ZB in the next 12 months? Uh, As it turns out, I didn't want to achieve anything. It only just turned up the day before. So I said I wanted to do 9 to 12. Made me look ambitious. Turns out the bloke went on holiday. I filled in. They liked me. Decades later, here I am. A part of the success of this place is quite simple. Hire well, work hard, keep turning up. This station has had two breakfast hosts in its 35 years, somebody called Paul and me. If you value the audience, and that's another of our secrets, we do. You don't muck with success. You don't chop, don't change. You don't panic. You don't fiddle. I think with the exception of one short period in Paul's tenure, we've been number one for all of the 35 years. Never taken for granted, always worked for, always appreciated. Uh, We've evolved, but stayed consistent. We have seen the competitors come, a lot of them go. Competition's a good thing, by the way, another reason we've succeeded. We like it. We rise to it. We beat it. This place is a big part of the New Zealand media landscape, was then, is now. If we get our way, always will be. Hope you're enjoying the ride. 35, News Talk ZB. Still looking good. Yeah, don't worry, you're not the only one. I didn't realise 35 was an important anniversary either. Apparently it is. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that was the rewrap. We'll be back uh, for another edition tomorrow. I don't know how many years it's been going, but it's been going a while.